Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCrady. I am reading some excerpts from uh, a book by Watchman Nee called The Messenger of the Cross. May have done it before, probably will do it again. But I'm revisiting it because one of the assignment goals of Nancy McCrady Ministries is to reproduce as many messengers of the cross. And to do that, of course, I can only do that which depends on me. And then others have to decide that they want to join in and do the same and to be a messenger. So I'm just simply reading some excerpts with comments here and there. And uh, so I encourage you to take hold of this because as we read Galatians, as in all of the episodes here on Tent Talk, We want to be those who go with him ourselves, that we enter in for ourselves, as Jesus said in Luke 11.52 in the Amplified Classic, and then we want to be a big open door for others to get to him. So here we go, my friends. Thanks for being on the podcast of Nancy McCready Ministries, Tent Talk. All right, everybody, here we are. Oh, I'm so ready to go. (laughs) Uh, One of the number one assignment goals of Nancy McCready Ministries is to reproduce messengers of the cross. Now, you can't do that cookie cutter. You can't do that, actually. And so it's kind of an unusual uh, way of saying it is that it is my goal to reproduce messengers of the cross. Now, I want to remind you the difference between a goal and a desire. A goal is something that only depends upon you and God. A desire is something that really involves the will of other people. If you set yourself up to um, make your goal to have a great marriage, uh, my friends, there's another will involved in that of your spouse. And so it can become quite frustrating because you can't produce uh, a great marriage all by yourself. So you set yourself up for much frustration and failure, connivings, (laughs) manipulations, all of that, because you're desperately trying to produce that goal. But you could make your goal is to be, um, let's just say, you're the best wife, right? I'm going to be the best wife that I can. Well, that depends only upon you and God. Uh, because being a great wife really isn't based upon the other uh, spouse. Being a great husband isn't really dependent upon um, you know the other person. It depends upon your personal response to God according to what God means for us uh, as how we live as sons within the context of marriage. Don't ever let uh, a role or relationship that you're in be it husband, wife, father, mother, uh, leader, pastor, anything like that, ever become the overriding identity of your life. Uh, You are first a son to him. Therefore, strange as it may seem, you learn to wife, you learn to husband, you learn to father, you learn to mother, you learn to relate um, and to live in any relationship that you're in 
out of your sonship with him. So I am backing up. That was all free. What I just gave you in the first two minutes or so of this episode, uh, that was free, is that when I say it is the assignment goal of Nancy McCready Ministries to reproduce messengers of the cross, I realize that requires the cooperation of other people. But as far as my part is to make sure to open up doors, to give as many opportunities and to make a way for others to uh, become messengers of the cross, his messengers, those who just speak what the Father is speaking. And so in that vein, uh, I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going to read some. I'm not reading the whole book, but I'm going to read some portions of Watchman Nee's uh, uh, combination of sermons that he wrote very, very few of Watchman Nee's books did he sit down to pen books. He was training, equipping, uh, preaching, teaching to the body of Christ, and someone uh, took these messages uh, that had been, you know, given over an extended period of time uh, and put them together as books. And that's why they're so powerful, why they read so different. Um, and have such a deep, deep effect. And usually why you have to slow down in the reading of them. Uh, If you consume these kinds of books too quickly, um, it can, I always tell people, don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt yourself, right? Don't go and just start, you know, reading, reading, reading everything you can get on it because we, we miss the processing then of what we are reading, where God is taking the revelation of it and making it reality in our lives. So we don't ever want to miss that. So I do want to just simply read some uh, of this book, The Messenger of the Cross by Watchman Nee. So here's chapter one, just a little bit of it. Chapter one the messenger of the cross. In recent years, many seem to have become tired of hearing the message of the cross. Yet we thank and praise God our Father, for he has reserved for his great name's sake quite a few faithful who have not yet bent their knees to Baal. We feel, however, that all servants of God should know why, though they faithfully proclaim the cross, they have so little result. (laughs) I just have to stop there for a minute. Ooh, this is so important. We've got so much flash and dash preaching, so many, you know, clever slogans. Uh, We have people that applaud and just walk out going, wow, what a message, how that was presented. So many people envying the communication skills of others. But my friends, with so little result, with so few truly one for the Father, So let's continue on and see what does Watchman Nee uh, have uh, to say uh, as we continue on. Now, I'm hesitating a little bit because I was looking uh, to see when some of these uh, things might have been spoken and and written, and I'm I'm not seeing where it shows just yet uh, the year that these things may have been spoken. Usually Watchman Nee's things were somewhere in the 30s, 40s, up through the 70s. Um, 
So just remember that (laughs) sometimes it's really good to read the saints of old who finished their course. They went through many phases. All right, here we go. I have so many comments and thoughts. We, so I'm going to back up. We feel, however, that all servants of God should know why, though they faithfully proclaim the cross, they have so little result. Why is it that people hear the truthful word of God and yet their lives evidence so little change? We believe this matter should receive our greatest attention. We, as workers of the Lord, ought to know why the gospel we preach fails to gain people. May we humbly pray asking the Spirit of God to shed His light upon our hearts that we may see wherein we have failed. Naturally, we must pay attention to the word we preach. We will not here concern ourselves with those who preach a wrong or another gospel, since their faith is already in error. As regards what we preach, it is that truth which is in perfect accord with the Bible. As to our theme, it is the cross of the Lord Jesus. What we proclaim is none other than the Lord Jesus and Him crucified in order to save sinners from both the penalty and power of sin. We know that our Lord died on the cross as the substitute for sinners so that all who believe in Him will be saved without works. Yet we not only know that Christ was crucified as our substitute, we also know that sinners and their sins were crucified with Him too. We are fully acquainted with the way of salvation. We are familiar with the secret of dying with Christ and drawing by faith the power of his death to deal with self as well as with sin. We understand very clearly all the other teachings related to this matter in the Bible, and we can present them so well that all seem to appreciate them, so well, in fact, that when we preach the cross of Christ, the audience seems to be most attentive and quite moved. Perhaps we are naturally eloquent, And this further increases our ability to move people and adds greatly, we think, to the effect of our work. Under such circumstances as these, we naturally expect many unbelievers to receive life and many believers to receive life more abundantly. Nevertheless, the results turn out surprisingly differently. Although the audience appears to be quite moved in the auditorium, we find they merely retain in their memory the words spoken without gaining spiritually what we desire for them. There is no notable change in their lives. They understand the teaching, but their daily lives are not affected. They simply store what they hear in their minds without it having any practical impact in their hearts. The reason for such a contrary effect seems to lie in the fact that what you and I have is mere eloquence, words, or wisdom. Behind our spoken word, there is not that power which pricks the heart. Our word and voice may excel, yet the power of changing lives is missing in our word and voice. In other words, though we may draw people to listen to us in the auditorium, The Holy Spirit has not worked together with us. And hence our effort leaves no permanent result. Our word does not leave any indelible impression upon people's lives. Out of our mouths words may flow, but out of our spirit no life has been released to nourish and quicken the spiritually parched audience. Lately the word of God has especially called my attention against this kind of preaching. 
We are not to strive to be orators acclaimed by the people, for is not our Lord the life-giver? We instead ought to be mere channels through which his life will flow into human hearts. For example, when we preach the cross, we should be those who can impart the life of the cross to other people. What pains me greatly is that although many are now preaching the cross, the hearers do not seem to receive the life of God. People listen to our words, they appear to approve and gladly receive, yet the life of God is not present. How often, as we proclaim the substitutionary death of the cross, people may know the meaning and reason for such a death and may appear as though deeply moved at the moment. Nevertheless, we do not witness the grace of God working in their midst and causing them to really receive the life of regeneration. Or, as another example, we may preach on the co-death aspect of the cross. We explain its teaching so plainly and persuasively that some people immediately commence to pray and may even determine to instantly die with Christ so as to experience the victory over sin and self. As time passes, however, we fail to notice in them the abundant life of God. Such imperfect results give me much anguish. It drives me to humble myself before God and seek for His light. Now, if you share the same experience, I would wish you to join me in sorrowing before the Lord and repenting together of our failure. What is lacking today are men and women who truly preach the cross and who especially preach it in the power of the Holy Spirit. In this connection, then, let us read the following portion from the Word of God. Quote, And I, brethren, when I came unto you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, proclaiming to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Close quote. 1 Corinthians 2, 1-4 Now we'll conclude here for today, my friends. That's just the opening introduction of the book, The Messenger of the Cross. There's almost no school that I do in the Producer's Way school when in person that I do not, when it comes time to really lead people from their own personal work and entering in with God into what it will mean to actually pass on life, which we're told to do in the apostolic mandate of Romans 1, 5. To pass on this life. This is what Jesus said, I believe, in the Message Bible when you read Matthew 28, 18 through 20, and Jesus says, now, pass on this life. Not pass on knowledge head knowledge of the Bible, not not wow them with all of your great knowledge, but if they're going to come unto the knowledge of him and literally give themselves to him, my friends, there has to be more happening when we preach, teach, disciple than just three points and a poem. Us being riddled with how we're coming across and what people may think of us Will we be applauded? Will we be ridiculed? Oh, so much self-concern in the preaching and teaching today and in the ministry. I pray that today that 
every person listening that you will understand, my friends, you don't need a platform to pass on life. You don't need lights and all of these things. Oh, for the nameless and faceless generation to arise and understand that if you have embraced him and his cross, and you are now taking up your cross to follow him, every one of us can be messengers of the cross, imparting life to others in whatever form it comes, in conversations, in preaching, in teaching, in discipling, one-on-one, in a group, right, in a massive auditorium. Oh, don't limit him. And please don't limit him within yourself. Let him have his way in you today. And I do pray that I will fulfill my goal, as much as it depends on me and God, to see many messengers of the cross raised up. And I pray that my desire, which is that many will give themselves to him, you see, that requires the will of you and the will of others, that you will give yourself to him, receive life, and oh, become one who passes it on to others. So until next time, where I believe we will continue reading portions of the messenger of the cross. So until then, I love you all. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady.com.